The Constitution is kind of trash. 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 What? It's kind of trash. trash. It was it was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They didn't ask anybody looked like me what they thought about the Constitution. What's going on, everybody? As always, it's your boy Jesse McCoy, and I'm joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How you doing, man? Not doing nearly as well as our boy Ellie Mistall past podcast guest now just blown up broke the entire amazon uh with sales of his best-selling book literally and not that bs best-selling like in just little you know tiny category i just made up big time right sold out to amazon uh, his book is uh, allow me to retort a black man's guide got black guy's guide to the constitution you definitely got to check that out um but let's get to the show but ellie we're proud of you brother we'll see you soon on the podcast good good um, are you surviving airstrikes? <laughs> I, you know, somehow they haven't reached all the way here to Arizona. And, um, you know, I, I guess the, you know, the people I'd be worried about are those trying to, uh, brothers trying to get out of Ukraine because apparently uh, that's also not legal. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. So for black. For those people who didn't know and haven't been up on the news, so you've probably seen a lot of the sympathy and, People changing the colors of their cities to blue and yellow uh, to stand in in solidarity with the Ukrainian people after uh, the Russian government or through Vladimir Putin uh, invaded the country of Ukraine, disrespecting their sovereignty. But what you may not have heard was that when Ukrainians were trying to flee to other countries that neighbored their borders, some Ukrainians were more important <laughs> than others. And I can let you know, I, I can tell you, you could probably guess who the ones were who were getting guns pointed at them and who were not being allowed in other countries. And the cat's out the bag. It was the black people. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, in fairness, they're not Ukrainians, they're African. So, and, and sadly, that matters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when human rights are on the line, some people are a little more human than others, apparently. Um, and so you're absolutely right. Um, you know, they were not allowing um, black people to leave. And at first it was, you know, I love there was a bunch of, you know, stories. So when asked about it, Ukraine's like, I don't know, we're not doing that. And, but remember, we got video. Right, just right. like you know, right? we see them throwing sisters off the off the trains, whatever. And like, well, we you know we're not letting the men go, but we're keeping you know no sisters on there, right? So you know it, it's starting to come to light um, that apparently uh, that black people also aren't as loved and 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 admired in Ukraine as they are here in America. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I saw videos of like babies out in the cold. Um, you know, just black people getting guns pulled on them by the Ukrainian military. It was a lot. 
Now, some people may ask, why are black people in Ukraine? Well, one of the things about a lot of folks who are from uh, some of those, especially the Western African nations, is that they go to go to college, but college is usually more affordable in those Eastern European countries. So the people who are trying to leave those countries were folks who were largely med school students, college students who are trying to better themselves. Uh, Really, I mean, to call it what it will, the cream of the crop of the Ukrainian people. That they are now being uh, held and, and for a long time weren't being allowed access into Poland. Now, if you you know remember your world history correctly, uh, it's very ironic that Poland is the place that's not allowing people to escape to to get to freedom because of their race, right? Or because well, true. Of- I'm, I'm I'm confused because there's some d- dispute and, and question as to whether it's you know a Polish action or whether the Ukrainians are controlling that that, that portion of it. Either way, somebody, you know, ain't right. Right, right. So ultimately with Poland, I think when I think they folded under the pressure of the social media. So they ended up allowing people in and they had different ports of entry where you could get in. Some places had a smoother operation than others. But the Ukrainian people continuously got caught, even when it was becoming a social media trend, you know. Black people, we become hashtags. (laughs) That's 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 the benefit for us. We get a hashtag. So once the hashtag came out, the Ukrainian government continued to have videos put up in the day and age where, like, everybody has cell phones, as you said. So it's easy to record. All right. Now, that said, I guess we should probably talk about the larger issue and not just about black people. I guess it's about some other stuff, too. Um, let's go ahead and get outside of our lane a little bit and talk about some um, geopolitical things. You you have an interesting perspective here, which I, I agree with 100 percent. But go ahead and explain it to everybody. So one of the things that uh, you may have seen is as you watch this coverage of the war in Ukraine, you hear uh, the, the, the courage, like they talk about the courage of the Ukrainian people who rather stay and fight the Russians than to leave their home. You also hear a lot of, it's not even massaged or, or, or light white supremacy. This is, this is extra white supremacy. It's heavy on the white supremacy. Uh, reporters who go in and they say things like, this isn't some third world country. This isn't Syria. This isn't somewhere in Africa. This is the Ukraine. These people could have been our neighbors, right? And <laughs> it always, it has like a double meaning to me because of course, obviously it's saying that those other countries, you know, apparently are worthy of being colonized. Thank you. But when I think about the main people, and this includes NATO too, not just not just the reporters, but the main countries that are coming to Ukraine's defense are a part of the NATO alliance. Right. And the countries of the NATO alliance that are the loudest right now are the United States of America, uh, the United Kingdom, and France, which I don't know if you all have been reading your history books, but these are like, <laughs> The MVPs of colonization. Like, this is <laughs> Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> colonization. Telling another colonizer that he's not allowed to colonize. You know, in the U.S. here, because, you know, we weren't obviously, you know, so big or we didn't have a lot of the good official. Uh, a lot of the colonies were taken by the time we came along, right? Um, mm-hmm. but, but let's be clear. What's amazing to me about this is, like, you know, the absolute hypocrisy. The U.S., would do the exact same thing. And let me give you an example. Let's say that Puerto Rico had an election tomorrow, next week, and decided that, you know what? We are not going to be part of the U.S. anymore. We don't want to be a commonwealth here, et cetera. We don't want to be a possession or territory. 
fine. Mm-hmm. We would be cool. And then a couple of years later, they said, by the way, we also want to join that six-state Russian federation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, share some military aids and seek with them and have some protection with them, et cetera. Um, I, 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 I'm not, I'm sorry, I said Cuba. Puerto Rico. No, Puerto Rico, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, Puerto Rico. Um, I, 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 how, how do I say this? Uh, how long would it take before there was no more Puerto Rico? <laughs> do you think we would allow anyone near this hemisphere to be part of the Russian Federation? Uh, I guess we got to ask the Cubans. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> right? We had a whole Cuban Missile Crisis about this, right? We we yes. wanted to take, you know, we tried to take over the country surreptitiously, the Bay of Pigs, and the only Kennedy, you know, stand up to the military stopped us from taking it over outright. All right? Th- this is the kind of stuff you do if someone tries to partner with your arch enemy that's located right next to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you're going to be, you know, and don't get wrong, I agree with you. You know, I, I agree with everybody else in that, you know, the Russians should respect uh, the Ukrainians' sovereignty. Um, but uh, a lot of people should be respecting sovereignty. Right. Exactly. exactly. And you can't possibly expect that other people should be better than you are. You know, think about it. We didn't respect the Iranian sovereignty, the Afghani sovereignty. Mm-hmm. The um, Vietnamese sovereignty, Korea, uh, Korea <laughs> Iran. I can go on and do, do, do what? Either all the Salvadors, right? None of the stands. Like, who the hell do we say to somebody else, you can't do exactly what we have done two years ago and would do again tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And then be mad at them. And, and and here's the thing is people are like Sean, well, Sean, you know, Sean, you 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 you're, you're supporting you, you're standing for the Russians. No, I'm not. I'm actually standing saying everybody needs to stop this. But exactly. if we don't stop it, we don't have any right to tell anybody else to stop it. Exactly, exactly. Do do y'all know how many of these African nations still pay France? <laughs> still pay France. <laughs> France does nothing for them. They speak Thank French you. and they pay French taxes, right? Exactly. So how how can France? How can anybody? France, Britain, or America. See here. And then, you know, the, the obvious one, I know people gonna say I'm putting too, too much black into it, but the the ultimate colonization in my eyes is taking a group of people from one continent right. to another to, to, to do your work, like to make you rich. That's Absolutely. crazy to me. So, you know, what, what really sticks out is they're up in arms, and you could tell from the reporters' uh, questions and their categorization of what's going on, they're really up in arms because the colonization at this point is happening to other white people. Not the African nations or the Middle Eastern nations that people are used to, or the Asian nations, or South America, Central America. No, 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 no. no. It's happening to blonde-haired, blue-eyed people in Ukraine. As a matter of fact, I think one of the Ukrainian, I think the Ukrainian uh, attorney general made a statement on camera, on BBC, saying what makes him sad is he sees all these blonde-haired, blue-eyed kids dead in the street. Like, wow. Wow. Just in-your-face blatant racism. Oh, blatant. You know, and, and the hypocrisy. And also how everybody just got so dragged into it in a second. Before we even knew what the, the dispute was about, it was, I mean, it, was, it was so funny because I thought we had gotten past, especially as liberals, this idea of the evil empire and the Cold War and how they're always evil and we're always right, and et cetera. And boy, it takes no time at all to bring that back, doesn't it? Mm-mm-mm. It takes a week and a half to, 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 to bring that back. I got people on my Facebook feed talking about, I hate capitalism, right? Capitalism right. is the devil. And so is Putin. 
I, 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 you you can't you can't hate them all. You can't hate capitalism, right, right, right. capitalism and everything. Really, everything. Yeah, and and I, I you know it's odd because the way that this war is being conducted. I don't know if you've heard, but there's like a Russian convoy of all kinds of military vehicles, tanks. It's just been sitting there, right? Okay. Not doing anything. It's just sitting there, right? right? I get. I don't know why. I just get the impression that this is a war that Putin isn't necessarily wanting to fight full scale. I get the impression that those Russian oligarchs want him to fight this war right. because he looks weak if he doesn't. Right. <laughs> oh no, he definitely probably trying to trying to save his own ass, and, I, and I'm not gonna ever try to read him. I don't know what the hell is wrong with him. He definitely isn't a good guy, poisoning people and all that, right? Absolutely. But 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 I do know, like you said, you know that, you know, this is something you know that exactly we would do in the exact same situation. Not even the exact same situation. We did that. Think about it. Some lady baked a pound cake in Iraq. And we were like, oh, yellow cake. Yellow cake. <laughs> we going to take the whole country. They 10,000 miles from us. We don't give a damn. We're, we're smoking out Saddam and then executing him and putting somebody else in. Right. Ukraine so is next to Russia. Right. Right. Yeah. So it looks like, you know, and I don't know what's going on now. I do know this. I've tried not to really get involved like in specifics of like, you know, you see people post things or you know, pictures from this, that, or the other, because every picture I've seen, I've later found out two days later, that's not a picture of what it said it was. Okay. So you see the picture, for instance, of Zelensky and he's in his military outfit. It looked like he about to whistle some ass. And that's from 2019. Okay. <laughs> you see a picture of Putin on the big table by himself with no advisors anywhere near him. He looks isolated. That's from 2017. Like, you know, you know, the propaganda that both sides put out, I'm just like, I'm not even getting involved in that. Right. I have no idea who's winning, who's losing, who's you know, shooting who, because I, I do know that whoever Pootie Tang 78 on Twitter tells me is, is winning uh, is probably wrong. <laughs> Can you tell me this, though? Can you tell me? Why, um, I don't know how to say this, but um, every non-melanated woman uh, on, on the Facebook is just all um, mushy uh, for, for Zelensky because he didn't go running screaming like a little bitch. <laughs> what was the leader of a country supposed to do in that situation? I mean, I, I understand. I think there's, you know, in America, there's this movie 300 where we just like to see somebody who's outgunned and outmanned standing up to somebody that they're obviously going to lose to, but going out in a blaze of glory. That's just, it's an American motif. It That's is. Not- Here's one thing is, I remember, see, I'm on grown. I remember this. I remember when we, when we attacked uh, Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. And remember you saw pictures of him with the rifles? He was yep. bad for about two days. Right. right? While we were far away. Well, we in the right. Gulf. When we got on land. Uh, he got his bitch ass in the spider hole. Remember that? <laughs> Patriot missiles have no names. <laughs> Thank you, right? Yeah, we got a couple of his kids. He was like, I, I got to get in that hole, right? Right, right. And it's just like, you know, y'all a little premature in this Linsky thing. Like, he, I don't get that he was really so brave. I'm like, what was he supposed to do? He can't possibly be like, ah, oh, my God. Oh, please. <laughs> Even Saddam didn't do that. You you got to at least pretend like you bad at first. Right. See it through. You got to see it through. Like, you know, and here's what I feel almost really bad about is that this is the ass whooping that the NATO and the West, 
you know, hyped. You know, they instigated Ukraine into this one. If we've all been on the playground, right? right. You bad, touch your shoulder, touch your shoulder. <laughs> you know, I don't think you'll do it. Exactly. I don't I don't think you'll do it. Yeah, exactly right. Putin told him since 2014, don't join NATO, don't, don't fuck with NATO. <laughs> and and for, and for seven, eight years, they've been flirting, you know, all in DMs, whatever. And then as soon as it hit, the U.S. is like, uh, oh, oh man, that's horrible. Oh, oh man, uh, run. Mm-mm-mm. And I'm like, you know, we we basically set them up for this, and then you know, hyped them up, and you know, and I see it all the time. We do it all the time with people on the internet. We talk about this all the time, where you know, everybody will hype you up to say something crazy, and then and then when you get fired or whatever, be like, ooh, I don't know what happened to you. Sorry. Yeah, man, that's a tragedy. Meanwhile, uh, I'm just waiting. I'm counting down the days until that McDonald's flag goes up over Ukraine. Because <laughs> I, I told everybody, I was like, you know. Having America fight Russia is one of these situations where you're getting a lion to fight a bear. So right. maybe the bear gets tired and goes home, but that lion's still going to get hungry. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> opportunity to set up capitalism right here next to Russia. We can put some McDonald's and Del Monte there. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> but this idea we have is like, hey, maybe, maybe we could stop the madmen in other countries if we didn't do the same damn thing every time. Mm, because the argument, you really, I don't know how you could possibly say to someone else, don't do exactly what I would do in your position. <laughs> sure, now, I made no risk, but I don't want you to focus on the money. Thank you. Oh, what, I would do, what I did do two years ago. <laughs> what I can't wait to do next week uh, right, and it's just like you can't possibly have that. No one's gonna, you know. I, I almost had no respect for the person who was like, "Yeah, well, I won't do it because you said not to, even though you're gonna do it next week." Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think it's not so much Putin being a, a madman as much as it is Putin being a white man. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much consistent. <laughs> you think there's a difference? <laughs> yes. Yes, people who just exercise, dominate, and control everybody else, regardless of what they want. Oh, no, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that's amazing is that people are like, you know, but they deserve to have their sovereignty. And I'm like, are you? Are we going to say that as America? Mm. The people who every week are trying to overturn somebody's government. Mm. And then deny they refugees when they try to get over into this country because they're Thank you, right? <laughs> Oh, exactly. Yep. Create create all kind of refugees and then be like, oh, I don't know what y'all gonna do with them, you know. Don't come. Don't come. That's, that's, that, that's actually what we say. You're right. We we know what you're gonna do. You ain't, <laughs> you ain't gonna bring them over here is what you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, you know, for our listeners in Australia, because I know y'all are, are are heavy and religious on listening to the show, I'm real curious about what a country that's far away thinks. Like I'm, I'm curious about what Australia thinks about what's going on. If they're um, smart, they probably be like, ah, my name is Ben and I ain't here. I ain't trying, no. <laughs> trying to enjoy ourselves down here. Because three weeks we'd be in there like, you know, I think I saw some pound cake up in Australia, right? This weather's keep acting up. Uh, so, so, yeah. Hey, hey man, uh, that's it. Let's get, let's get uh, back to this part of the globe. Because we got a big thing going on with uh, the thing called the Supreme Court. Yes, yes. The United States Supreme Court is finally getting ready to, one, uh, we're losing one of our uh, esteemed senior members, uh, Justice Breyer. 
And we have found his nominee. His nominee is going to be Kitanji Brown Jackson, a sister, um, a black woman who's been sitting in the D.C. courts at this point. Uh, and, and Joe Biden's pick, uh, I think this was his 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 bone to black America. <laughs> so I'm not going to do anything about helping you with the police situation, but, you know. Here's Sister Brown Jackson. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made it clear. Let's let's get back to that because you're right. You're right. He simply made it clear in the State of the Union address that um, he was going to fund the hell out of the police. Right. Fully fund. Fully fund. Double fund. <laughs> Give me uh, extra money. Hey, yeah, they won't go. The police have never been funded better. Uh, so <laughs> uh, maybe maybe he teach them how to shoot so they just you know shoot you one time and don't let you bleed out. I guess I, I don't know. Um, what funny he he's talking about, but he, you know, he's trying to make it up here with Katanji Brown Jackson, which we got to confess. That's the blackest name we ever going to get on Supreme court. Absolutely. That's all the blackness in a name. Um, and so, um, the sister, by the way, let's make sure we give our bona fides and respect double Harvard. Yep. Undergrad. Um, matter of fact, we have a little, uh, um, overlap. She graduated from uh, undergrad, uh, when the year I graduated from law school. Okay. Did not know her. Um, unfortunately, and by the way, definitely my loss. She she gonna be all right. Um, <laughs> she graduates, uh, I think, from ninety six, four years, ninety six from Harvard Law. Um, uh, you know, does some clerking. Those of you who don't understand this, Jesse and I only have heard about it because neither one of us uh, did that well in law school to be clerks. <laughs> <laughs> But if you do really, really well, you get on a law review, and then you get, if you do really, really well, you get to go be a clerk for a federal judge. You make about $7 an hour, but you get incredible traditions and experience and, and, and position, and that's how you get to be on the Supreme Court. So she ended up clerking for a federal judge and then ended up clerking for the guy she's going to replace, Breyer. Mm. The you Supreme Court. And I think we talked about how big those Supreme Court clerk jobs are. I'm kidding about $7. Yeah, you make $7 while you're on the court or while you're a clerk, but you come out with, like, NBA draft pick. Absolutely. Right, status. I'm not kidding. I mean, they're, they're paying people, like, you know, quarter million dollars starting salaries, shoe deals, everything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, it, so it, this sister is on the highest echelon. Oh, uh, you know, what you would expect. Not just going to the best schools, but doing incredibly well at the best schools. They only allow, like, a couple people, even from Harvard, to be clerks in a particular in a year, right? She's one mm -hmm. of that. She's that strong, although Tucker Carlson is, is needs to see some paperwork. Yeah, so apparently Tucker Carlson, uh, a couple nights ago, decided that he is not convinced that she's qualified, and the thing that will convince him is her LSAT score. For those who don't know, the LSAT is the law school admissions test. It's the test that we all take uh, to be considered for law school admissions. Uh, it's also the test that we never talk about again. Once we get to law school, <laughs> nobody really cares at that point. Um, it's just a metric. In my opinion, it's just a metric uh, to designed to assess how well the testers think that you're going to uh, be acclimated to law school. But it certainly is not a predictor of what your law school performance is going to be. Um, and it really doesn't matter because when you come from Harvard to go to Harvard Law, then, you know, you kind of bypass all. <laughs> yeah, well, let's be clear. You know, she took the LSAT. Um, she had to do very well. 
All right, to get exactly. it, even coming from Harvard, right? <laughs> um, they, they don't, you know, they, they don't, they don't mess with that otherwise. And so I, I I'm going to assume that the Harvard admission um, did his job. Also, let me see Trump's SAT score, and then we can talk. Right. Right. All right. About any person. And by the way, people do this a lot, man. I had experience once in Wyoming. Bar brought me out to, you know, do what I do and I did what I did. And, you know, but people buy me drinks afterwards because that's, you know, how it works. And the white guy comes to me and he's like, hey, you went to school with, with, with Obama, right? I'm like, yep. He's like, was he really there? And <laughs> man. I tell you, I, you know, fortunately, I hadn't had too much liquor. I had a little bit when I told him to get the hell out of my face. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? You, you didn't ask about Romney, right? You don't ask me. You just, you know, you're going to tell, you're going to assume that, that the brother has been faking it. And by the way, that I'm the kind of snitch brother who would tell you if he wasn't there. <laughs> right, but we so close being out here in Jackson, whole Wyoming. I'm just gonna go ahead and lie, you know, and then betray my thing, right? Right, right. I'm like, you know, what the hell wrong? We get out of my face. Of course, he was there, right? How you gonna fake? You know, the thing about Harvard is it's exclusive, but 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 strangely so because it's also the second biggest law school class in the country. Mm-hmm. So you could possibly get away with it, maybe even at Yale and say, you know, none of the other 200 people saw me, but none of the other 8,644 graduates, somebody had to see you. Right. <laughs> right? It's like law school classes. I mean, for a law school class, it's big. It's like 500 something students, which is way bigger than most schools. And, you know, you can't hide from 500 people. Somebody saw you. Right, right. Absolutely. Or didn't see you, right? It'd be hard if 500 people, nobody saw you. I saw the brother every day, all the time, gave great speeches even back then, all right? He was there. And But I understand love this double double standard where somehow, you know, black people got to show all the paperwork. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Have we seen Tucker Carlson's paperwork? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what, what did he get on the SAT? What was Thank you, Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. But you're right. You know, the good thing is, and you mentioned this, you know, we were talking earlier, that obviously that's all they can go to is, and by the way, they ain't even saying she got a bad one. They're just like, we haven't seen it. Uh, The mail had no, how does she not owe somebody $200 for a phone bill? Nothing? Really? Hey, she's on top of it, man. She had a plan. Her steps were ordered. Man, I got to tell you, that's the thing is, and and if you're young out there, just do yourself a favor and don't be me. Uh, <laughs> I can't run for nothing. All right. If I I can't be judge on American Idol, somebody be a like, oh, I'm from 2016, right? Like, you know, you know the kind of people who would have stories about me from law school, like, oh, no, no, you can't have this brother, right? Like, ain't no way in the world that I can have, be on a campus with 600 people and nobody have a bad story to tell about me nowhere. <laughs> Obama was like that too. Think about it. We ain't got a single strip club picture of Obama nowhere. <laughs> How's that possible? Same thing with Katanji. I know we ain't got. I know we ain't got none of her. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, everything she she's done so far has been, you know, pleasantly orchestrated for this purpose. I know we've been talking about the possibility of her getting appointed for, I think, for the past like two years, ever right. since we knew Biden was going to be, you know, the, the elect. Right, um, and he was committed. He told us on the night that he uh, read his, his victory speech that he was going to put a sister on the Supreme Court. So he is upholding that portion of the bargain. 
Um, as far as all that other stuff he told us on, on victory <laughs> night, that's that that might not be so so clear. <laughs> well, and let's talk about Jerry. You know, he is upholding his part part of the deal. I got to give him that. This is a weird process. The way it normally works is the Supreme Court justice either dies. That happens mm-hmm. a lot. Or they like Kennedy say, okay, you know, at the end of the term, which is in June, end of June, I'm done with this. And then over the summer, the president appoints someone new. Congress gets together, you know, Senate gets together with hearings over the summer and they, you know, fight it out. Somebody comes forward, CNN, whatever it is. And, you know, they finally get confirmed sometime in early fall. Mm -hmm. This is weird because I've never seen this in all the years I've been watching the court where someone says, hey, I'm going to retire in six in three months. Uh, why don't y'all go ahead and start this confirmation for my successor right. while I'm still up in here? I had to look it up today to find out if that was even constitutional. <laughs> and really, I looked it up from the standpoint of if, if, if the Constitution re- re- reads that the president can replace vacancies, then you can understand why that'd be a problem, right? There's no vacancy mm-hmm. until you leave. Right. So it doesn't say that. It simply says the president can appoint. So the president can appoint, even if you guess the seat's not open yet, and and Congress can even take a vote, I guess, on confirmation, even though the seat isn't open yet. And yeah. I think they're trying to get that done by Easter, or at least start the process. Right. right. Uh, which is good, though, because you know the Republicans are going to be trying to run that. It gets close to election. Yeah. It's a big year. It's a big year. This is the midterm. Right, the midterm, because they know that if they can get the Senate over, over, they won't, for the next two years, they won't let Biden's pick get through. Absolutely. Um, and so, um, so they got to, you know, get this through. And I think we got the numbers. It's a 50 50 break. Um, we have uh, Kamala for tiebreaker. Now, the interesting about uh, Justice uh, Brown Jackson is that she was confirmed just last summer. For her mm-hmm. current position on the Court of Appeals. Now, for those who say, well, she, 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 she's a noob. She noob, noob. No, no, no. She also was on the circuit court. Well, how long was that, Jesse? 12 years? 10 years? Eight. Eight it's years. Like- yeah, so don't act like, you know, oh, they just, you know, got her. She's she rookie. Right? She's been, you know, lots of judicial experience. Kagan on the court uh, had none as a judge. Yes, she also was Thurgood Marshall. She worked with She also was the Solicitor General of the U.S., which means she had argued a bunch of cases before the court. Absolutely, but she wasn't a stranger. She she knew where how to, you know where where the parking was, right? Right. 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 <laughs> and that's usually the the process. You know, most of these people I looked at them. Almost every one of them has clerked. Uh, for a, a prior justice, a couple of them didn't. Thomas and a few others, but for the most part, Alito. But for the most part, people, you know, you know, went to the best schools, got the best grades. She's every bit of that. Yeah, and and just you know, for comparison purposes, um, she is far surpassed people like Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> just so you, so you know. Uh, I also think it's important that we identify for people who may not be this familiar. Breyer was one of the liberal uh, voices on the court. So it's important for Joe Biden to ensure that he is replacing a liberal voice with someone else who he at least feels is going to be another liberal voice on the court. There are a lot of things that are coming down the pipeline. You probably have already heard that uh, the Supreme Court has already decided that they're going to uphold a lot of these uh, gerrymandered voting maps 
that the state Supreme Courts have already said were wrong. Yeah, I know. The United States Supreme Court said, oh, this is good with us. Um, so we've got that coming. We've got a whole bunch of states challenging abortion, uh, their abortion laws, and it looks like um, they're instituting their own laws to prohibit abortion. And it looks like the way that the court is composed right now, they have the conservative lean. So if those things get fought all the way up, which we know they are, um, those things are in jeopardy. And so right now is a good time. Now, the other thing I will say is timing for this is always important because one of the reasons why Merrick Garland is the attorney general and not a uh, Supreme Court justice is because the Republicans who were in control at the time during Obama's appointment made a big deal about, oh, well, when you're an outgoing president or when you're in you know, your last term, your lame duck term, um, you're not able to, to do appointments. We should really wait and see what the focus of the next president will be. So the earlier we can, you know, get through all those uh, procedural hurdles, the better. Uh, but yes. I don't want you all to think this is just going to be a, you know, easy vote. She's going to walk into the Supreme Court because I am certain uh, that unlike, you know, um, Tucker Carlson, who's just talking about her LSAT scores, the Congress is going to do a thorough evaluation and vetting of all of her decisions, of everything she's ever been, uh, everything she's ever done, uh, anybody she's ever hung out with. Uh, so, uh, Jeremiah Wright, if she's going to the church. Uh, <laughs> well, and see, that's what kills me about these situations with black people. And, you know, it's always a double standard. Now, don't get me wrong. We obviously have a very contentious process, and we're going to be all up in everybody's everything you realize back in the 80s when this first started with Bork. Remember uh, Robert Bork? Yep. This is before your time, Jesse. But he was appointed by Reagan. And he was, you know, had such a, a, um, a conservative a pedigree and, and had been written so much and whatever that they were – Benjamin Hooks was then head of the NWCP said, you know what? <laughs> We will fight his uh, nomination until hell freezes over. And when it does, we're going to skate across the lake. <laughs> now, you know, black people, if we're going to put on some skates, you know how serious we are, right? About spice skates, <laughs> all right? Right. But here's the thing about it. They were so crazy about Bork and trying to stop him. They went and got to, went to his blockbuster, to his video store, mm-hmm. and started trying and got the people there to tell what videos he was renting to make sure he had been renting any porn. Mm. And the crazy part was Bork was such a goody two shoe. If all they found was like Disney movies, right? He was getting, you know, Lady in the Tramp, and, and and I'm sure he got Song of the South. I'm sure he got that a lot. But the point <laughs> is, is that they actually had to pass a law that says no more going into the video store. So the bottom line is the idea that we're going to go after you and everything you've ever said and written. That's fair game. What happens different with black people is not only do you are we going to go after everything you said. But everything that your mama and your friends and your cousin Willie, yep. right, and your pastor, like Obama got in trouble for, right? Obama's yep. getting in trouble for not only his pastor, but for something some white guy did. I remember the the the, the guy who had um blown up the, the stuff. Um, oh, the weather underground guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Right, the weather underground guy. He's in trouble for stuff like that. Obama wasn't even born yet. <laughs> right? You know him. He <laughs> now, you he know. He a bedtime story when you were three years old. Thank you, right? You know, one of the things, the only thing I saw so far was they were trying to get uh, Sister Brown Jackson on the fact that she was in an organization, I think at Harvard, that had invited someone who was quote unquote anti-Semitic. And I'm I'm almost sure, I got to do more research, but I'm almost sure that the anti-Semitic part was the brother was from the Nation of Islam. 
Okay. <laughs> so you were on a on a group. You were part of a group that invited someone from Nation of Islam. Now that means you came thirty years later to be on Supreme Court. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just constantly that kind of thing where black people are not only responsible for everything they said and did, but everything that everybody they ever knew said and did. Meanwhile, we know that there have been Klansmen on the United States Supreme Court. <laughs> we know that. Smash. No, literally. <laughs> there was a guy who, no, no, I gotta tell you this. There's a guy who um in, in the sixties who his name was Hugo Black. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious, right? Because white supremacist's name, Hugo Black. I don't know how he got in the clan, but he had been in the clan at one point. And yeah. what the reason we have the confirmation process we have now is because he got on by the way, let me just give you a little quick history. The way it used to work before they started letting people of color and Jewish people and other people on the court was you got confirmed on a on on a voice 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 vote in committee. Way it usually worked is by the time you found out you were nominated, you had already been confirmed. Right. Right. Because quite frankly, they didn't have Twitter, whatever back then. So by the time Pony Express got out to you right in Tennessee, they had already taken the vote. It was, it was only seven people they knew, right? It was going to be the same seven white people all the time. It wasn't a big deal. It became a big deal when they started um, you know, bringing in Jewish um, justice. So Justice Brandeis became a big deal. Justice Frankfurter became a big deal. But if it was a regular white guy, he went back to committees. So you go black in the early 60s, gets in on a committee vote. No one thinks anything about it. They just, let, I think in the 50s, just let him in. And then all of a sudden, hits the paper that he was a Klansman. Mm. And they were like, okay, from now on, we got to have this stuff in public. So you know what? If you <laughs> make sure that that you know that, that you, if 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 he's a Klansman or he saw, for instance, a pubic hair on a coke bottle on a coke can, <laughs> tell us that now before we get that fool on the court. Or he, you know, sexually assaulted someone in high school, hypothetically. Let us know. Now we're still going to confirm the calendar. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Now we're still going to confirm them, but we want to make sure that we know that beforehand. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and so this is why we have this process now is that to make sure that all the stuff gets out, right? And so it's kind of encouraged to throw the stuff out. But when you're black or a person of color, you know, then we also got to throw in everything your mama said too. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, I, I am curious to see what's going to happen with Sister Brown Jackson. I, I don't. Um, it sounds like to me right now that she is pretty clean, but I think one of the things that uh, we also have to look out for is what is the degree of reception going to be for the black community? Because I know there have always been some naysayers already who have said it just it seems weird that the people that we are putting up in those highest federal positions um, don't necessarily marry of their own. <laughs> and <laughs> And they oh, think that this is a pattern for Joe Biden. This is why I can't believe you went there. All right. So just so we're clear, are you, you were saying that um because here's the funny part. When I read the name, you know, Jackson, Brown Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was like, this is the black and black and she 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 was named Brown herself and went and found a brother named Jackson. Now you right. don't get any blacker than that. <laughs> Looked up Ronald Jackson, the surgeon, her husband. And it turned out uh, he's the opposite of blackity black. Mm. He's he's not just white, and that's fine. But 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 he is, and it literally says in the Wikipedia page, so I know it's true. He's part of the Boston Brahmin. 
All right, this is, you know, the highest status ranking of, of Boston people. I clicked on the Jackson thing, and it goes back, you know, he can name his descendants back to 1730. Mm. Right? All, I, all you and I got from 1730 is slave number two. Right. <laughs> right. Right. He can do his whole family tree, right? The garden, bushes, right? Rose petal, all the whole thing. Let's be clear. We can't say the sister ain't black, 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 because, you know, you love who you love. And she and she definitely seems to have all of her black bona fides. I, I, maybe, does she have a, a sorority? Or for, I'm going to look it up. If she got that, maybe she can get, maybe we'll forget the rest of the stuff. I'm sure she does. Let me, I'm going to look it up too. And also, let's just say this, and let me be clear, because we're, we're being silly here. Forget who you marry. Her rulings I have to confess, have been, from ones I've seen, the ones that the Republicans are complaining about, have been right on the money. Like, one of the things I got to be mad about is she had one statement in a case uh, last year. It was about whether the House could subpoena uh, Trump's lawyer. And she was like, you know, we elect a president, not a king. She was actually on the sentencing commission uh, for the U.S. and seemed to be trying to lower sentences for, you know, some of these nonviolent drug offenses. So I haven't heard anything yet that should make us have any consternation, right, about her policies. You know, Kamala, uh, Kamala had her issues with regard to being, you know, Kamala, and and this sister seems to have none of that um, going on. Well, I think first of all, it's important. You know, it looks like she's a member of Delta Sigma Theta. So there you go. All right, all right. Um, the other thing is, you know, when I saw her last name was Jackson, I just assumed that she had a credit on Thriller. I just assumed <laughs> that she had toured. Um, so so, so uh, it's not that Jackson family. It's a different. It's more Andrew Jackson than, Thank than, you. than Michael and Tito. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the other part, though, is I also want to always emphasize for people that, you know, your formative years in college oftentimes dictate who you become as an adult. And we're talking about somebody who spent their formative years roughly from the time that they were 18 to the time they were like 27 at Harvard, right? So right. Their whole, most of our formative years, it's probably not around regular, you know, Tyreek in them. Like, the, <laughs> we, we're not there. You know what I'm saying? We're not there. And, 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 and you can't judge people based on who they get with. But you also have to see kind of the pathway. I think that she's brilliant because she's been putting forth the stepping stones that she needs to get in order to be in position for a consideration, which I knew she had to be extremely qualified because her first name is Katanji. So, right. so <laughs> it's, you know, we, we all know, like I know so many people whose real name is Dewana, but they go into work as D or Wanda, right? Because we don't get the freedom to be able to have our own Afrocentric names and and progress through the cycle. The last thing I'll say is, would you would you name your boy? My my boy's name is Jace. Ah, uh, Jace, exactly right. Mm-hmm. I, I I ain't I ain't gonna lie. I got a, a Devin, all right, a Brandon, an Austin, uh, Matthew. I, I I ain't got no Tariqs up in here. No Tariq. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I feel bad about it as I got older. But at the time, I was like, I was trying to get a resume name. Hmm. When they see Jace on the resume, they're going to be, all right, let me bring him in for you. They'd be shocked when you get to the interview, but at least he gets to the interview. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I hear you. 
Um, and so, you know, and I want to be clear here, you know, you, you certainly, she is no less black, right? <laughs> Who she married, um, long as she's, you know, on the right side of the issues, which she seems to be. But I think there'll be some people who, like you said, you know, among the black community who need to be reassured. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that, that's fine. She, she, can, she, 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 she can pass Tucker Carlson's test. She, she, I'm sure she can pass ours. <laughs> oh, and I think we should mention that Paul Ryan is like her cousin by marriage or something. Oh, um, man, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm on the Wikipedia page. Look up this Jackson family. It is no Tito's in there. All right. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Let me give you an example. You know, her husband, um, great, 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 great father is a guy named Charles Jackson, um, 1775 to 1855, Massachusetts Supreme Court. Mm. Um, another James Jackson, his brother was a physician um, in Boston. I mean, these people go back. Uh, one of his one of his great aunts or grandmothers is a lady named Amelia Lee Jackson. She was the wife of somebody named uh, Oliver uh, Wendell Holmes. Ooh, wow. <laughs> the this is the kind of connections, right? And so it's hard to be mad at. I think someone's going to be jealous. All right? I, you know, my wife is wonderful, but she can't get me on the Supreme Court. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? I'm looking at see, see so many people. You know, Francis Cabot Lowell um, was, was one of his, you know, in-laws. One of his um, grandmothers uh, married a guy named Ralph Waldo Emerson. Oh, that guy? Yeah. That guy. <laughs> well, why are we talking about the Supreme Court? There's something else that the Supreme Court decided not to act on, and that's our good friend Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> that's your good friend. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. So in a nutshell, the Supreme Court refused to hear the appeal from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania wanted uh, Cosby to go back to jail. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you remember, Jesse, better than me why he got out in the first place. So the whole issue is that Bill Cosby had made a deal with the outgoing district attorney that uh, as part of a civil case, an unrelated civil case, the district attorney would not prosecute him uh, for any admissions that he made in that civil case deposition. Right. Well, what happened is the district attorney <laughs> lost his job and then another district attorney came in and said, oh, he just admitted to a crime and right. ran that through the trial court, got a conviction. Ultimately, Bill Cosby, because he has money and resources, was able to fight the case all the way up to the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court, who sided with Bill Cosby because the precedent has always been if you have entered into an agreement with the district attorney, uh, then that agreement should be upheld. Gotcha. So, uh, Pennsylvania and has. Important, you know, sort of you know, technical thing here that involves Fifth Amendment and the right to against self incrimination. Mm -hmm. You have the right to say, I plead the Fifth. If you can be subject to criminal prosecution for whatever you say, when he had that deal with the DA, he couldn't be subject to prosecution. So he no longer had his Fifth Amendment right. So he had given up his Fifth Amendment right for this deal, in, in a sense. And when, if you take away that, then you can't, you know, you got to sort of give back his Fifth Amendment again. You have to say, hey, everything you said there is inadmissible. And that's what they used to convict him was all the stuff he said, oh, yeah, I did kind of a lot of drugging. Mm -hmm. right. And so. It's it's probably you know it's not a decision that makes anybody happy, but it is you know probably proper and right. You certainly can't have DAs running around saying I'm not going to prosecute you. Psych. Right. Give the rights to you know, against self incrimination. Psych. And that's not going to be a system that works well for anybody. 
Right. And I, I think the decision did make Bill Cosby has, happy because he definitely had the little stroll and the dip when he was walking out of jail. The dip <laughs> looking into the camera. <laughs> I, I still think he needs to try to stay off Netflix. Um, <laughs> growing up, I just listened to stuff and, you know, thought he was great. And I stopped thinking he was so great when he started, you know, yelling at black people in, exactly. in the early 2000s. So uh, I wasn't mad when he went to jail. But um, but generally speaking, when fifty some people say you did anything, uh, you did forty nine of them. <laughs> right, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Well, now he knows that he can finally rest easy at his house. Um, hopefully, you know, put his life together. I don't know if he's going to come back to trying to support black HBCU education. I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I guess. And, and he, he always been good for writing a check. So keep writing a check, Bill. But just stay your drink ass at home, right? I'm pretty sure them checks are ceasing now. <laughs> checks over. The the gravy train is over. Uh, the 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 gravy train is over, but the coffee line is just starting. Yeah, all right. So. There we there we there we, there, there we go. <laughs> Speaking of other, I guess cases and and the decisions that were that were reached, we got a couple of, of cases involving our favorite or least favorite topic: police brutality. Let's mm, yes. start with Florida, I guess, where. Um, the cop who shot the shot at the autistic man holding a toy truck and hit his social worker in the hip with with a bullet, um, had his conviction, his misdemeanor conviction overturned because of some technicality where you didn't, they didn't, the judge didn't uh, allow the SWAT commander to come in and talk about what a good shot it was. Yes. Yes. Florida is going to Florida. That's that's what we know. So, <laughs> just so people have a little background, the officer's name is Jonathan Aletta, that's A-L-E-D-D-A, um, and he shot, you may not remember this, but it was big news. Um, there was an autistic um, patient who was on the ground on the street playing with a toy truck, and all the cops, you know, they thought it was a gun, and then somebody, you know, radioed in, and this guy was reloading. And a black guy by the name of Charles Kinsey, who is actually a behavioral therapist, thank you, um, came out and tried to alleviate the police's concern uh, by t- by trying to inform them that you know the guy was autistic and he's not holding a weapon and everything's fine. Well, they interpreted that as a hostage situation, and they thought that Mr. Kinsey was being taken hostage by this autistic patient. So. They decided that the uh, safest way to maneuver the situation was to start shooting, right? Shoot <laughs> weapons uh, and see if they could disarm the autistic kid. And of course, their aim is about as good as a stormtrooper in Star Wars. So they missed him, but they end up hitting Charles Kinsey. Now, why they're shooting in the first place, I couldn't tell you. I'll but- tell you why. Because sometimes you got to shoot the hostage to save them. You know how that works, right? <laughs> and, you know, in things, you kind of see that sometimes in the movies, right? But it's ridiculous, right? This is the kind of situation here where it's like nothing about that made sense. I don't know how a gun looks like a toy truck. I don't know why the idea is I think it's a dangerous situation, so let me start shooting here. And I guess the idea the cops have is like, hey, you're not going to get to get a killing in on our watch. We're doing all the killing around here. <laughs> we'll just shoot the hostage if, you, if we think you're going to shoot them. Um, and the worst part, though, is this happens in, in 2016. 
It takes three years to bring this guy to trial. They bring him to trial on a misdemeanor charge of negligence, you know, firearm discharge or whatever. Right. He is convicted by the jury and the judge decides, yep, you know, that's a horrible thing. We're going to give you, what, a year probation, uh, community yeah. service, what, 100 hours of shooting other people, I guess. And he had to write a 2,500-word essay on why he should not shoot at either autistic or people or their helpers. <laughs> I should not shoot people because it is bad? Question mark. Okay. <laughs> I, and I, I, that was the judge's decision, and that isn't even standing. Mm. So this guy spent no time in jail. And, and, you know, and the thing about it is, it, and this is always where it works is, if he had actually killed someone, we would take that seriously. We know the names of the victims. We would have had, you know, hashtags. We would have, you know, put up a Facebook post, et cetera. But right. if you just sort of shoot someone in the hip, right, and, you know, and name them, make them walk for a limp for life, well, that doesn't really count. That, that, you know, that, my bad. It happens. <laughs> it was an accident. Then meanwhile, this guy is traumatized for the rest of his life. Thank <laughs> you. You know, literally doing interviews from the hospital back in 2016. Just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know why they started shooting. I have no idea. But I just find it like very interesting that even when people, when, when police claim they are not intending to shoot black people, they still end up shooting black people. That is very interesting. Uh, that, no, that, 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 that was absolutely um, amazing. I think, you know, you know, Jesse, but maybe everyone doesn't, doesn't keep up my life on, on a day to day basis. But I have two autistic sons. I have one mm-hmm. son about the age of the, um, the young man in question here. And it is, you know, absolutely horrifying. The thing that we are most concerned about in life is him coming across the police. Mm-hmm. Right, we recently went and got a, a GPS tracker, one of those things where you could you could find him because if, if he ever got lost, and he you know he's not out by himself, but he has people you know with him. But if they something happened, whatever it happened, we went out and bought a GPS tracker so we could go get him because we weren't going to ever call the police to find him. Absolutely, right? He, he can't respond to their commands. He's the big guy; they're going to think he's dangerous, etc. Um, you know, yesterday, my 17 my, my year old son was out in D.C. Um, at a school trip. And for a second, he got separated from his group. And we were talking to him on the phone. And, you know, the people we did not tell him to call to go for help for, to. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and same thing with GPS tracking him and people, whatever. But the idea that the you know the, the biggest concern we have as black parents is not is is not by the way gangs, drugs, right? It's them coming across the people we pay to serve and protect them. That's it. And this decision lets us know that we're right. I'm not being paranoid because the police have been told if it's any if you have any question at all, shoot first. We'll, we'll you write an essay later. Mm-mm-mm. And and for those of you saying, well, you know, that's just Florida. That's how Florida is. Florida's always been weird. I want to take you to Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> I want to take you to another case. This one involving Officer Brett Hankinson. If you don't remember him, he was the only officer who had been charged uh, in the situation related to the murder of Breonna Taylor. Uh, if you all remember, there was the black attorney general who came out on the courthouse steps, basically gave us all the excuses as to why the police were right. 
But this one officer was the one who was recklessly shooting into other apartments, I guess, trying to catch uh, either um, who they assumed was a suspect in Breonna Taylor's apartment. And he needed to shoot through walls in another apartment in order to figure out. So um, this guy was actually charged, but has since been acquitted uh, of his charges. So what we realized with this is that the help is not coming from anywhere. Like even, even you know, we have said before that the wall is getting more protection than Breonna Taylor ever got. Right. Uh, well, now the wall isn't protected either because it's too close to black people. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, we're just laughing not to start crying because it is absolutely maddening. Like I said, the only person who was charged is not for he's not charged. He wasn't charged for killing an innocent woman in her own apartment. The right. charge was that you might have possibly endangered some white people next door. Right. And even they don't have protection. You know what? That's what you get for living too close to those black people. <laughs> right, right. So you think about it, you sleeping in your own apartment and, 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 and bullets are flying through your place. And it's like, hey, you know, that's, that's, that's just too bad. That's what you get. Because these police need, need, need to shoot first and ask questions. Well, maybe never. But certainly not to ever, you know, <laughs> and, and the fact that not only there we have a jury, here we had a judge. Right, we had two judges in Florida, both the judge who gave him the, the, the right essay, right, right. Uh, punishment, and then the, the judge said, you know what, that's, even that's too harsh. He can't write 2,500 words. He's a cop. <laughs> you look at him, he tried, he wrote one, one sentence, right? They, you know, let, they let him go. And, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's maddening because we thought, you know, with, with, with uh, George Floyd that um, black lives would, would matter. Yeah, you know, those black lives got replaced by um we stand with Ukraine. So <laughs> <laughs> what I will say is this the, the person who was working on this, um, Mr. Crump, he's back in the news again. So Ben Crump, who's the lawyer for Breonna Taylor's mother, uh, of course he was upset. He says that this verdict is just the latest sign that police can kill and avoid consequences. Uh, but he is also to tie it in with what we were talking yeah, about. Exactly. Again, filing a complaint with the United Nations uh, regarding how African citizens were treated when they were trying to escape Ukraine. So someone who is already kind of engaged in civil rights work in uh, the United States of America is taking his show on the road uh, and trying to see what the good folks at The Hague have to say. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know that the UN necessarily is, I mean, Watch my words. I don't know that the UN is necessarily going to be able to stop the United States from doing things. I kind of remember when George W. Bush was the president, and the joke was, "Okay, UN, bring your army and <laughs> make me do it." Uh, <laughs> but you know, it might be good for the purpose of posterity and the record, just to have something on file to say the UN surprisingly actually has a lot of criticisms of the United States when it comes to police and black people. Um, so yeah. I was shocked to learn that they've actually, you know, I guess their version of a censure of right. the United States for how they treat black people, you know, pretty much just like, oh, stop doing that, the wag of the finger. But um, I, I yeah. think the only thing, the only hope we have to keep this issue in front of the people to get our friends and allies back is for Putin to invade uh, Bedside or Detroit. <laughs> now he, he ain't gonna do that. He'll lose that. One. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, my thing, I saw a great meme over the last week that I think embodies how I feel. And the meme says, I care as much about Ukraine as Ukraine cares about black people. <laughs> that's fair. Um, that 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 is that's that's totally fair. It's you know it's hard to to get mixed up because I know how we'll 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 get. And we'll be moving on to the next thing. Let's do this. We'll probably you know release another show in two weeks. How many Ukraine flags do you gonna think you're gonna see on people's profile pictures in in two weeks? Do you think it'll still be a thing? Um, I'm still seeing city skylines here in North Carolina, blue, yellow, the blue and yellow skyline. Like, like I don't know what our connection is to this, but somehow we're supposed to all feel like <laughs> like, like something. And I guess told you why this happened to white people. Come on, man. Yeah, maybe. But then I think about like all the people who are scared of getting deported because their home country was destabilized by America. <laughs> And they come here and they're working substandard jobs, you know, just trying to get by. And they have to live with constant threat and harassment, substandard living conditions because they can't complain to anybody. I also think about black people who uh, are the reward for us standing up for our own freedom was incarceration and drugs. (laughs) So, So it's hard for me to really, you know, see someone else, particularly when I've already seen the video of how they were treating other black people who were just trying to escape a war situation. It's very difficult for me to say, okay, I want to stand in solidarity for that. I just don't see people standing in solidarity for black related issues. That's way wrong. People do stand in solidarity for us as long as white people aren't in danger too. All right. Black lives matter unless anything else matters more. Black Lives Matter as long as y'all buying Nikes. That's, yeah, that's, you know, black. I mean, seriously, I mean, that's what it is. And you think, you ask people, they would say, well, I understand it's horrible, but this is a bigger thing going on. Because if it's something happening to white people, then then anything you have to do, right, white people to, to get out of that situation is totally fine. You step over and trample black people, that's fine. Because, mm-hmm. hey, there were real lives that matter here. That's safe. Mm-hmm. And Black Lives Matter provided that nothing else that matters is going on. Mm. Um, and, you know, and so I, I, I have the same frustration, the same, you know, like something. Also, the idea we talked about before that just to reiterate, it's very difficult for us as a people to say, how dare other people do exactly what we did three weeks ago and what we'll do again tomorrow. Right. <laughs> right. I have a hard time. Having, and here's the thing about it is I've been married for 20 years, 30, almost 30 years. You know, I know about hypocrisy. You know I know about double standards and bullshit. I've been married. I've got that kids. All right? I, the king is a parent. The king of bullshit, you know, do as I say and do as I do. But even as a bullshit parent, I can't possibly fathom that idea that, that, I'm, that I'm supposed to be incensed that another government would do exactly the same thing we would do. Mm. And, and by the way, have done more than anybody else, right, <laughs> in the 21st century. Absolutely, absolutely. Will Chamberlain, man, like we we putting up numbers, <laughs> putting up numbers, unbeatable. Exactly, and, and so you know, I love people like, oh, maybe the Russian people should do. I'm like, what? Do what we did and just watch the shit happen. Right, right. That's what they're gonna do. Yeah. So how about this? We stop doing this one time, and then maybe next time we'll be mad at them for doing the stuff that we stopped doing this week. I mean, that sounds good, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can y'all sell these guns. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the thing that gets me so much about this is I got to tell you that I was amazed at how quickly everyone jumped back. I heard people were like, we got to go to war over this. I'm like, you out your mind. All right. I'm not going to war if the U.S. if, if, if Russia attacks uh, Compton. All right. And, and I like Compton, uh, but but I ain't going to war no for nobody, but certainly not in this context. And it's like, don't you understand? The only people who want a war here are the people who uh, spent millions of dollars on campaign contributions and make right. weapons and planes and all that stuff. You know, right? right. And you know, Rockwell and all those people. Yeah. And, and they ain't had a war in a while. Halliburton is, needs a war. Right. They, their earnings are down. But don't get yeah. sucked into BS, right? Where, you know, we're going to end up getting some great. What, what great solution do we get out of all these other wars we started uh, other than losing lives? And we don't count, we only count the lives we lost, the four or 5,000 we lost. We don't count the 100,000 in Iraq or Afghanistan right. or Syria right. or Yemen or Somalia or 100 yeah. other people. Right, that we've been attacking, and, and those lives don't don't count any, right? But somehow, what we saw in Ukraine make it different. It's, it could have been their neighbor, you know. Like this, <laughs> their neighbor. I think people were shocked because you know what it is. I think a lot of folks have forgotten what war looks like, and it looks different when it's coming down a suburb as opposed to when it's just in the, in the places that they always been trying to fight people in. When it's coming down your suburb with white people who are college professors, but now they got to go to work with an AK-47, um, it looks different. But it really shouldn't be interpreted as different. We we should be on a quest to stomp out all war altogether and try to be diplomatic. I don't understand why we raise people to have values that we you know just don't enact as a country or as a world. Thank you. And we just say, okay, we're going to shoot it out. If the issue is to shoot it out, then everybody should be issued a weapon and shoot it out. Right, that's, that's what we're doing. No, but we, we, we constantly do that. You see, when white people do it here with, with regard to guns, everybody should have a gun, but as soon as black person have a gun, you can shoot them. With, exactly. right, exactly. Right? Exactly. It's always a double standard of, you know, it's okay for us, but it's not okay for you to do exactly the same thing we do. Exactly. And you can get away with it sometimes, you know, if you've got people who are only 12% of the population and don't have any money. All right, and have other barriers, but you got somebody who got their own stuff. Well, you know, sometimes I guess they're gonna do what you did. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so, we'll, so, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with anybody invading anybody's sovereign nation, but at the same time, I think we can't just turn a blind eye to everybody else's sovereignty uh, because they don't have the blind hair and blue eyes. Like that's ridiculous. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's been a fun and uplifting show. Uh, the world will be uh, more fun and uplifting uh, next 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 week. Last thing, though, Jesse, a pandemic is is over, right? Um, allegedly, um, <laughs> no. So everybody is having a, a removal of their mask requirements at this point. Um, it, in my state, it's optional now; it's no longer mandatory. And people took that to heart. I've seen more people out here without masks. I mean, the Batman movie came out. I'm shocked he was wearing a mask. Like, it's, it's just out here. <laughs> you know, right now, I'm trying to figure out which one of us can get off here first so I can go post something like that on Facebook. Because that is hilarious. <laughs> Pandemic is over. Batman took off his mask, right? Um <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm stealing that. Um, but uh, but no, you're absolutely right. Here in Arizona, people are, are like, hey, I don't know if the pandemic is over, but we're done with having a pandemic. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, a, a lot of the same people, surprisingly, who were, you know, so big on the support of Ukraine and standing with Ukraine, they they can't take the oppression of a mass like that. <laughs> that crosses the line. <laughs> and on that note, people, uh, we will see you uh, next time. Assuming that our, our opinions on uh, on the Ukraine uh, leave us any listeners after next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you.